0: Before we start, I'd like to thank our sponsor, NPR. From Morning Edition on the radio to NPR News Now on smart speakers, NPR is a part of people's daily lives, and so are the brands that sponsor its award-winning news and programming. Keep listening to hear how NPR sponsorship can help you build brand affinity. Many publishing executives have come on this podcast over the past few years and talked about the giant number of views they've gotten from Facebook. They haven't talked so much about how much money they've made. The times they are changing Now the name of the game at women's focus publisher PopSugar is EBITDA. Earlier this year, PopSugar cut 5% of its staff and de-emphasized video efforts on Facebook that weren't making money. Brian Marcy, and this is the Digiday Podcast. In today's episode, I speak with PopSugar CEO Brian Sugar about the bets PopSugar is making on events and branded products and why Facebook video didn't make the cut. Hope you enjoy it. Brian, welcome back to the podcast. It's your second visit.
1: It is. Excited to be here.
0: Okay. Um, It's the fourth quarter, so everyone's rushing to to end the year, but was this a good or a bad year?
1: It's going to end up Being a great year. Okay. End up is a great year. Yes. um, If you asked me that question in April or May, probably would not have predicted that it would turn out to be a great year.
0: Okay. So what were... I mean, you guys had some layoffs. Not like gigantic layoffs in a lot of places. Cut some snacks. I saw that. We did. Um, Which is... Crazy, because that's the way for people to come after you. I know, I know how no people eggs. feel about the snacks. They want the eggs back. Um, <laughs> you had eggs? We had eggs. That's amazing. Okay, so what was happening? Obviously, there's a lot of headwinds in the, in the general environment. Yes.
1: Um, I think towards the end of first quarter, we got together as a management team and said, we need to be seriously profitable and what is it going to take to make a business in this space profitable and we went through all of our businesses everything that we did and we restructured we let go of about five percent of our staff and we focused on the places that we knew we were really great at and where we knew the business was going to be and The main focus we did was around our branded content business, and that has just accelerated our growth. We focused and went back to our roots, which was content and commerce, and really focused on that. And we established our three pillars of what we were going to focus on for the next forever, and that was have an awesome media business that drives everything else, have an experiential business that is tied to that. We did Playground back in the summer and it was brand altering for us in terms of just I mean we had over 10,000 people come over a two-day festival here in New York and we're currently planning it for next year and we'll talk more about it but it was I mean just watching 3,000 people work out together was pretty awesome mm-hmm. um, and then finally you know I come from you know the e-commerce world I spent a, you know over a decade doing that and you know I had the pleasure of working um, alongside Martha Stewart when she had her Kmart deal and all the various different things that were going on from that. And we really focused this year on getting our branding brand licensing business up. So we launched a beauty line with Alta. We just launched our clothing line uh, with Kohl's and we have a bunch more in the hopper. And these brand licensing businesses are, you know, if you, if you have grown your brand to the mass scale that we have, you can work with some amazing retailers out there to create, you know, drive-in into the store. Uh, You can get younger people buying from their stuff. So, you know, those three pillars is what we set up early on, and we've been really focused on that. Mm -hmm. The place where we really downplayed sort of in a two-part scenario was around, you know, just our own video. Um, You know, last year everybody talked about going after social video views and the race for that, and that turned out to be... A fool's errand. Um, and then I think there's a lot of folks out there that are making really high-quality content for various different platforms. That's something that we are not, you know, as focused on as some of our competitors. Was You're not going to make,
0: like, a TV show?
1: No, I'd rather sell pop sugar branded stuff at stores. I mean, you know, I'm no longer the chief executive officer. I refer to myself as the chief EBITDA officer. And... You know, you know, submitting movies to Sundance and you know, creating TV shows for Netflix and all that—that's a lot. That's a lot of work and a lot of non-ibadah things. Um, Good for the retweets, not necessarily for the bottom line. Correct. Okay. So it's ending out to be a great year. I mean, the Coles, the Coles partnership that we have—I couldn't be more pleased with that, and it's really elevated us. You know, we have. Uh, an amazing TV commercial that's running right now you're not seeing it because we're not really targeting at you but you know the Coles team did a terrific job you know taking our brand and combining it with theirs and creating a really fun TV commercial that's you know out and about and you know all sorts of different people see it and you know say how great it is mm-hmm.
0: so what drove this this focus on serious profitability I mean you guys have taken money but not as much as as, as a as a lot of people out there but it was it, you're but twelve years in?
1: We're we're in our twelfth year, yes. Yeah.
0: Um so now is the time. We it-
1: haven't raised money since twenty eleven. We've raised a total of forty million dollars, forty one million dollars. And you know, I the I just don't like the word dilution and I just believe that we would be able to run the business more effectively if if we really focused on where the wins were going to be rather than raising more money and masking the problems that Mm -hmm. we have. I mean, you know, there, there are companies out there that are are analogs or competitors out there, you know, losing tens of millions of dollars and, you know, trying to raise money for a media business right now, I think is awfully difficult and even more difficult at even half the valuations that people raised at in the last five years. And I wasn't interested in, in, in that path of, you know, uh, attempted Mm -hmm. remedy for the, the business that we're in if, if So
0: now that the, the it's to be profitable going forward, not like this, well we we, we could have been profitable in the second quarter. Some people Everything
1: say you know I mean we at our are we do an all hands every other month and you know we spend a lot of time on finance one oh one, like what a P and L is, what margin is, why selling this product is better than selling this product and our salespeople are really incentivized, if that's a word, to um you know, go after high margin products rather than maybe the sexy stuff. So, you know, we have a, you know, sellers know the difference between selling this product versus that. And they know to focus on the ones that are going to make money. And make money means it we make more revenue than it costs to actually do, which yeah. I think is a new concept, you know, and. Um, and we are. Well, it's not a new concept. Well, for for us, <laughs> or for some of my friends, um, in
0: media, I think just it went through a little bit of a weird period. Um, but yeah. you know, taking in more money than it cost you to produce the thing is it's,
1: it's a standard. I mean, you know, there is investing. I mean, we did yeah. invest in our our playground. Yeah, I mean, you did.
0: have to you have to put up money with that. Yeah. So, what did uh, I want to get to that? But like, what did what does video then look like for you as a profitable endeavor? Versus, well, it could be, it might be.
1: I mean, it is profitable now. I mean, we've spent um, David Grant, who runs our studios, has done a tremendous job of really focusing on the places where we're where we're going to make money, and it is, you know, number one is uh, trying to get the brands and agencies to work within the shows that we already have big hits. So, you know, Class Fit Sugar is one of the largest. Um, Fitness series both on Facebook watch and on YouTube and that's something we continue to make and that's a very profitable thing But you know, we aren't investing right now in any large video editorial um, Excuse me video products out there where maybe somebody will sponsor it. I mean it's really around built if sold
0: Okay, so no just not going for like big franchises that could pay off might pay off
1: I don't think they I mean who watches this stuff. I mean I just think video has gotten to the world where there's no middle class of video. There's the low class, you know, of people just making free stuff on YouTube and Instagram stories and whatnot. And then there's the high-end stuff like Disney announcing Resistance, the $10 million episode um, show that's going to be on the Disney network. There's Game of Thrones, et cetera. I just think the stuff in the middle, who's got time for that middle class of video content? I mean, as I scroll through my... you know, whatever stream I'm just really not watching mm-hmm. a seven or eight minute show of anything.
0: Okay, so let's talk about where you're making big bets. um Branded content, not display ads. You've always been down on display. Always ads. down on display ads. You're you're down on display ads before everyone else. I'm the OG down. guy on display. <laughs> I hated the banner ad while it was still called the banner ad. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> you know who sold me my first banner ad in my life? Peter Nailer. Okay. A, yeah, when he I was sold
0: working. a lot of people their first banner ad.
1: Yeah. He's still selling. No, he's not even selling that anymore. he's, yeah, he's at Hulu. He's yeah. like, I'll oh, know. Yeah. Uh, but branded content is growing, um, you know, at like sixty five percent year over year. Um, excuse me, it's sixty five percent of our revenue now, and growing greater than sixty five percent of total of- revenue. Oh yeah, of our media business, not okay, our commerce side. Business. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it it you know we are really great at telling stories through social and on our on our sites, and brands want to be able to do that, and it's been a place where I mean you guys have been writing about, mm-hmm. you know, articles on all of this and it's just growing fast. And this is the place that we've always wanted to be. Because to me, it's if we can make compelling content that we want to create with a brand, we believe our readers are going to want to read it. And they do. And the engagement and all the time all the metrics that we have associated with our branded content is really mm-hmm. terrific. But
0: it's 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 a pretty crowded space. There's a lot of people it's not like this is you know, you're the only people doing it. I mean, they could go to refinery, they could go uh, to condé, they can go any number of places in order to to get these things done. What ends up being the special sauce?
1: I think I think a couple of things. I think our brand is different than some of the ones that you've mentioned. Although um, some people believe it's overcrowded. I mean we um, we've always been nice, even before it was cool to be nice. I guess. Uh, and we are mass market. I mean, if you if you just do a search for us or one of our competitors, you know, on Google Trends and you look at the United States on where we map out. I mean, we are all over the US. We're not just sort of a coastal or city place. So if you want to reach, you know, the mom in, you know, St. Louis, Missouri, we're a much better place to create and distribute your branded content than some of the other folks out there. I think the our inspiration to action and and the content that we create drives things um, that brands and agencies really want to have happen.
0: Mm -hmm. But you're not competing with agencies?
1: No, I think we've done a good job of working with them. I think the agencies know what our capabilities are and what brands work really well for us and how big our audience is. I mean, we we reach more than one in two millennial women Mm -hmm. in the U.S., Um, so we've we've sort of become almost a must buy when you are talking about reaching, you know, someone to buy a car or somebody to buy a beauty brand or retail or what have you.
0: We do projects where it it doesn't include media.
1: Uh, we have, I mean, we have in the past, and we will continue. It, to do I that. mean,
0: is that like a growth area or? Yeah.
1: No, I still think I still, even though you and I are not big fans of the banner ad. I still think people want it. I mean, it will definitely not. I love the
0: banner ad. We sell we sell display ads. Everyone should
1: great margin on display ads, right? I, it, we love the margin. well.
0: That's the thing. Better margins than branded content, which you gotta pay a bunch of people to create, and there's a lot of production costs. There is,
1: but we've gotten we've gotten our branded content to um, a, a, a very healthy and great margin number that we're happy with, and you know, it's a um, it's great.
0: We'll be right back after this quick break. NPR reaches over 100 million people's lives each month. Beyond being part of their media routine, NPR informs people's understanding of the world around them and their opinion of brands that support NPR's work. 68% of NPR listeners prefer to buy products or services from NPR sponsors. Learn about how sponsorship opportunities can... Okay. Learn about sponsorship opportunities across NPR platforms and why they're so effective by visiting npr.org slash forbrands. Now back to the episode. Another thing I, I love uh, is events. Um, great business. It can be a great business if you do it well. Yeah. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of people in your broad, broadly defined area... Are going into these big festivals. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them out there. I was like on the train in New York, and there was uh, I was surrounded by like the Comic Con people, and then and then I went for a run, and all the hype beasts were surrounding me near uh, the Navy Yard um, because there's the hype fests going on over there. Um, but there's a lot of these these big festivals. How do you end up differentiating?
1: I mean, the same way that we've differentiated our brand in the past, I mean, we're just so much larger and so much more scale. And then the areas that we focus on from an editorial perspective, whether it be fitness, wellness, moms, shopping, beauty and fashion is a lot different than some of our folks out there. I mean, we're I think we're we provide the whole menu for uh, a millennial woman to interact with. And I think you know, they're, all, all these things are great. I mean, ultimately, it sounds like, or it appears as though the this customer, this reader, they want to do something different and spend their money on something different. I mean, the retailers are talking about it all the time. And mm-hmm. with our playground event, it was like bringing our content and commerce alive. So it was way better for us where we really have two customers in the world. We have Agencies and brands, and then we have consumers. Consumers buy our products through Kohl's and Ulta and various other places, and brands and agencies buy the products that we sell, whether it's branded content, et cetera. What's amazing about Playground and the other events that we've been creating is we have consumers paying for tickets to come interact, mm-hmm. and we have brands that are, you know. Paying a lot of money yeah. to create. That's amazing why events business. are great. Yeah, they're great. People keep paying you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if
0: done well, uh, they're great. Uh, but the, the the model is is mostly sponsor driven, or it's a it's it's. I mean, I would probably mix. say
1: it's you know eighty percent sponsor driven from a revenue perspective, um, but a margin perspective, it gets a little bit closer. You know, you know, two thirds, one third.
0: So, Playground was the first one. Yes. Profitable?
1: No. This year it was not. Uh oh. That's okay. That's okay. We yeah, you, know, all... you got
0: to lose money on the first one. Yes, if it's the fifth one, problem
1: bad. <laughs> um, but I think we're planning on it making a modest profit next year, um, and. You know, just the size and scale of it. I mean, I think we'll be able to probably do fifteen to twenty thousand people during a two-day mm-hmm. event. So,
0: is the market just a lot larger right now for whatever reason for these very big festivals
1: compared to like twenty years ago? Yeah,
0: well, I, I, there seems to be more of them, but maybe I, I'm maybe it's just because people are talking to me more about them.
1: Well, I mean, I don't want to age you, but you're Gen X, right? Uh, yes. Okay, so am what I? do you
0: think? I'm like a baby boomer? No,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't know. There's like. How many of us out there versus how many millennials? It's like they're like almost 2x the size of us. So if you... My God, this is terrifying. I know. So if you want to... If you want... So stuff's just at a bigger scale now because there's so many more of that, you know, 18 to 35-year-old, gen, you know...
0: Okay, there's just yeah. simply more of
1: them. Yes. And they, <laughs> they just, like, they, they just want to spend their money in ways that their parents didn't spend money, you know, like... You know they're just not shopping at J. Crew anymore they just don't want to wear that they don't go to the mall to buy J. Crew anymore you know they'd rather go to a playground and hang out and do that and then buy on their phones Everlane stuff like it's a total total different you know situation
0: okay uh, let's talk about the other big bet which is around commerce um, a lot of people are going into commerce in different ways either driving commerce a lot of times it's just through affiliate mm-hmm. um, or if you got a really strong brand with a specific uh, audience, you can start to license your brand and create your own products. what What's your approach overall to commerce? I mean, you're doing some of both.
1: Yes, uh, we've always, you know, we've always had a really terrific affiliate business. We recently, last year, sold ShopStyle to mm-hmm. a company called Rakuten, and so we have a lot of deep innovation and technology around that. And our PopSugar Shop. Is a very vibrant business, growing rapidly, um, and we spend a lot of time on that. But you know, we now have. But that's
0: like a standard. I think you everybody model, right, right. Everybody does. does we don't, that. but okay, you, you know. will. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Someone wants to buy like a DSP or something. I
1: don't know. At some point, you'll be like, "Oh, <laughs> this is my Amazon pick today," and I'll okay. be like, "Why is this in this feed?" But I'll click on it, and you'll make some money. Um, but I think at a point, if you're really at a scale that matters you can create or co create a brand with some amazing retailers out there and, you know, create a business that's great for the retailer and great for the media company. And I think you What do those
0: deals look like? Are you just getting like a flat fee? Are you getting a cut? So
1: you get a license fee, so that's a cut of the revenue that's made. And then what we've been able to do is get a multi-year advertising commitment to support the brand across all of our different channels.
0: Okay, so what does that mean?
1: So if you're a retailer, you would say, okay, listen, we're going to give you X percent of everything that's sold. Mm -hmm. And then in addition, we're going to spend this amount of money with you every year as a guaranteed advertising to market Oh, okay. So we're getting paid to market our um, clothing line, et cetera, et cetera, across what we would normally do for mm-hmm. normal folks. So, I mean, Jeff, our CRO, who's amazing, you know, he looks at everything. He's got a hammer and everything's a nail and everything's an ad deal. He's like, <laughs> it's an ad deal, right? I mean, it's just something that somebody else can't offer. It's bright and shiny object. I mean, when we talk with our— re- So how
0: do you make sure these, these products, though, are authentic to the— um to, to pop sugar, I mean because I can guess the, the, the impulse would be to well let's do we did 10 of these it was pretty good. Let's do a hundred next year.
1: I mean there's another you know there's a, uh, a company that we partner with their name is Decor who does a phenomenal job of doing private labels for the big retailers out there And a combination of my wife and a couple of stylists at Pop Sugar, along with the designers um, at decor have created a line. That appeals. I mean, I, it was funny because I was I was walking on the street in San Francisco down Fillmore Street with my nine year old, and there was somebody wearing one of our cardigans, and I said to this woman, "Oh, I really like your cardigan. Where'd you get it?" She's like, "I bought it at Kohl's," and I'm like, "Oh, well, what's the brand on it?" She's like, "This new hot brand called Pop Sugar," and she had like a. 18 maybe 19 year old daughter with her that said mom it's a really cool website you know so it was funny to see (laughs) that sort of situation um but I think it's I mean I think the clothes and the beauty line stand for themselves I mean the amount of time that we spent on designing both lines is incredible and it's it's something where my roots are and we just have spent years and years developing these mm-hmm. these these product lines
0: so what is what is the revenue breakdown between media experiential and commerce i don't know if that's how you break it out but then I mean, like what is it now and then what it what what do you see it becoming
1: i mean i think you know we talk about it a little bit differently i think it's more what's the contribution margin of those three businesses um and the commerce business has the largest contribution margin because you know the cost of us selling, you know, that dress at Kohl's is zero. So the license fee is straight to the bottom line and it's straight EBITDA. That's why these you businesses- You are now
0: Mr. EBITDA.
1: I am. <laughs> you got to be. I mean, you could be Mr. EBITDA or you can be Mr. Dilution and raise more money. <laughs> okay. Like you got a choice. You can be chief equity officer, or chief EBITDA officer. And I, right now I'm chief, uh, I think in the beginning you're chief equity officer and you got to migrate to maintain all your equity. You need to be chief EBITDA officer. Right. So- From a contribution perspective, it goes um, our commerce business, our media business, and now our events business, mainly because the events business is— But your media business is the biggest business. Not from a contribution perspective.
0: I know, but, like, you can't just—I mean, like, if if it's the big—if it's 10% of your revenue and it's the biggest contribution, I don't know. Your media business has got to be the biggest— the most important.
1: I mean, part. from a revenue, we cannot have the brand licensing business without the media business. Right. You just can't. And I, you, it's like, you know, you're playing a video game, which is called, like, media, and you're like, I'm selling banner ads, and I'm doing branded, I'm chasing social video views, and it's like, level up, level up, I can do brand licensing now. Like, you know, that's like, you're getting into the late, like, level 56 of, you know, there's like three people left on the island in Fortnite sort of thing.
0: Okay, so when you look at it at the landscape, 2018 was pretty rough for um, for a lot of people. Um, There's a lot of changes. Uh, Do you see that accelerating in 2019?
1: So there are a lot of companies for sale. I think there's a lot of companies that need money, which ultimately will probably turn into companies for sale. I am, you know, from a again, from an EVA perspective, I feel like I'm in a, a daily business fitness routine, which is I'm getting in shape. Um, so that when, as time progresses, we'll be able to uh, potentially acquire a lot of these brands that are out there that have, have created you know, amazing brands, under $50 million in revenue, haven't really gotten to a break-even state, have to raise a bunch of money to hire a bunch of sales folks, et cetera. And if we believe that brand is right on our platform, there's a lot of synergies that we can have. You know, No dual tech, no dual sales, uh, you know, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera.
0: Um, so you think you can become an acquirer? when the market
1: oh we're looking at a bunch right now yeah
0: okay um any other 2019 predictions
1: i'm going to do this without knocking on wood so that i'm going to un- like i'm going <laughs> to j- whatever 10 years ago 2008 i was you know our primary investor sequoia capital they're pretty famous for the dead horse presentation i think it's a potential stock market level crash reset i mean the you know the biz- the the whole stock market goes in cycles and i think you know, I got a lot of friends in the hedge fund world, et cetera, that are like, the good times are like, as peak good times. So, you know, I'm not going to knock on wood, but I think, you know, 2019 could, the, it it could go down from a stock business cycle, I mean, perspective. This is cheery. Yeah. Well, I'm saying it. I'm bringing it up. Right. so <laughs> yeah, like, so I'm un- good to know. It's good to know. Yeah. It's like
0: when the animals, I think, start to, like, run back into, like, the jungle, that means, like, a tsunami is coming yeah (laughs) All right, Brian thank you so much thank you thank you all for listening this show is produced by Aditi Sangal tell us what you think tweet at me I'm at bmarsy or email me um, bmarsy at digiday.com and uh, let me know your feedback and also here is a shout out to Abhishek Rai who tweeted and said hi at Aditi Sangal listening to Digiday Podcast they are crisp sharp And not extended gossip sessions. Most are like that. I think he means most podcasts. Thanks for the great work. I will listen to more. Cheers. Thanks, Abhishek. And please head over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get this podcast and give us a rating and leave a review. It helps this podcast be discovered, or so I'm told. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with a new episode.